Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's broadcast of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions today. I have the privilege of serving uh, as a pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, and we are grateful to uh, put this uh, show together for you uh, on uh, originating at radio station Grace FM. Uh, Grace FM reaches up and down the front range of Colorado, and we were looking at the numbers, the population numbers, and we uh, reach an estimated population, and, and this is not listeners, this is how many people can listen, uh, four and a half million people. Uh, and I know for some of the larger states, because we're on in New Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, that area, that those numbers aren't very big, but it's a large segment of Colorado's population. And so we're grateful, too, to have uh, Hope FM as one of our stations that carries Calvary Live. And, and hello to you guys on Hope FM. Also, hello to you guys on Truth FM as you tune in and give us a call because the call, um, you know, the the show is all about your calls, and without your calls, there's not much of a show. So give me a call, 303-693-303. Uh, um, uh, for some reason, I have forgotten the number. Can you guys type the number in for me? I have one a number in my head, but I want to make sure it's the right one. Uh, it is. I can give you the texting number. It's 720-336-0897. Yeah, that was the right number. Uh, texting is 720-336-0897, and our uh, call-in number is 303-690-3000. That is the number I had in my head, but for some reason it didn't uh, connect. 303-690-3000 is the number. Give me a call. And the other number for texting, it's it's dedicated to texting, 720-336-0897. All right, let's go right on to Duffy uh, in Fort Collins. Duffy, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Great. What can I do for you? Okay, so I have a question. Um, I have been on pharmaceuticals uh, medicine since I okay. was about 16, so it's been about eight years, and right. I'm starting to wean off them, and... Um, I was wondering, what is the the Christian view of um, using medicinal marijuana? Okay, well, let's start with, first of all, the Bible doesn't specifically speak to uh, medicinal marijuana, so we have to, you know, we won't, what I mean by that is that the, we can't just go to verse, you know, I can't just point you to a verse and say, Duffy, thou shalt not have marijuana. So the Bible doesn't say it that way. So what we have to do is we have to pick up principles from the Bible and come to our, come to a conclusion based on what we believe the the Bible teaches, and and so 
the second thing I want you to know before I go to the Bible is that you're talking to someone who came from a a very uh, strong drug and alcohol background that almost wrecked my life. And so when the Bible leaves room for something uh, that may be yes or no, when it comes to drug or alcohol and that kind of stuff, I'm always going to lead toward no. Person, that's my personal view from my own personal experience. But let's start in the Bible, okay? The Bible says okay. in Ephesians, um, in Ephesians chapter, um, let's see, let me find it for you. You, you might. Uh, how familiar are you with the Bible? Um, I'm very familiar. I have uh, been a Christian my whole life. Uh, okay. Grew up Catholic and um, been really getting into the Word, um, really into the Good. non-denominational side of the Church. Um, okay. Past two years at college. So, are you familiar with this passage in Ephesians where it says, "Do not be drunk with wine, in which is emptiness, but be filled with the Holy Spirit"? Have you heard that before? Yes. Yes, and I've um, considered that uh, verse when referencing this topic. Yeah, and I think I think I think not only is it a direct command to when you have a choice, you know, the word drunk uh, can be translated under the control of, which would include drugs, which would include, you know, you, sometimes we use the phrase uh, that guy's drunk with power and that guy's drunk with money. You know, it's a it's a, the the idea behind that word is to be controlled by, and so he says, don't be controlled by wine, you know, don't be controlled by an alcoholic substance, don't give the control of your mind over to a substance in which is dissipation. Right. It's not going to lead you or me to to a fruitful, worshipful relationship with God, but instead to be filled with the Spirit. And, and so I think that applies across the board generally. In a general sense, I believe that it is something you and I need to be very careful of, whether something is legal or illegal, doesn't matter which, uh, it's not a matter of the legalities of the country or the state that we're in, but rather, what does the Bible say? And the Bible says that uh, we're not to be drunk with wine. We're not to be under the influence of of alcohol. Uh, and and I think that that would extend to um, drugs and you know, what the Bible would use in the Greek pharmakia. Uh, and so, putting putting marijuana into the category of medicine and legality has somehow, in people's minds, raised marijuana to the level of, of other controlled substances, uh, like aspirin or like, you know, Tylenol. Uh, but it's not. Smoking marijuana is very dangerous and very difficult. It's a, re, even before it was legal, and before it was legal, it was known as the number one gateway drug for a person to start with. It was, even though it was still illegal, and some states it still is, it, it is a gateway drug that, does, that, that doesn't satisfy uh, the person that's smoking it uh, and, and being under the influence of it. They, they crave more, and then they almost always move. If you ask a heroin addict, you ask a cocaine addict, uh, ask them where they started, they'll tell you, most likely, they'll tell you that they started with marijuana. Um, it's a it's a very it's, it's a very dangerous drug to smoke. Uh, it, it is a it's very dangerous. It's very harmful to to your health. It's um, the 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 reality of a marijuana is much more dangerous and carcinogenic than a, than a cigarette. Uh, it damages cells in the bronchial passages. It 
microorganisms are are inhaled. I'm just reading from an article on this um, that, that decreases the ability of immune cells in the lugs to fight off fungi and bacteria and tumor cells and and on and on. And so I strongly encourage people to the best of their ability to avoid smoking pot in order to deal with their pain. And I think the Bible, I think I can make a very, very strong biblical argument for that. Right. I, I definitely agree. Um, so what, what do you think should I, because I'm, what I'm trying to do, uh, trying to get off pharmaceutical medicines, like, like you yes. reference, uh, pharma, pharmacopoeia or, um, medicine in general, um, it, it, like the medicine I'm taking has negative side effects. Um, yes, so no, what I get would that. be your, what would be your suggestion or your advice, um, for like a more natural product that can still, I can still feel, um, like a good Christian, um, yeah. using, um, but not have, you know, the drawbacks to, uh, modern day pharmaceuticals. Well, I have a couple of a couple piece of advice uh, under the banner of compassion because you know what you're facing and what you're going through and and what's the pain the 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 reality of your body that requires some kind of medicine to take the edge off. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your body's broken and and that you're in this dilemma. And and I know it's it can be very difficult and even scary as you're transitioning off some medicines and wanting to go in another direction and and if I was in your shoes um, you know, f- number one, I'm not a doctor, so I wouldn't be able to give you the kind of advice that you really need. But if I was in your shoes, I would really have this discussion. Um, well, first of all, before the doctor, I'd be in continual prayer asking God to really give me wisdom uh, on the decisions I need to make, that, that he would, uh, I would ask him to help me get off the drugs. I mean, I'd be pleading with God, as I'm sure you already are, but I would be pleading with God in my relationship with him to touch my body, to heal my body. Uh, to help me with any after effects or or any of the withdrawal symptoms I might have as I'm going off this this drug and 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 I'd be in constant prayer on the spiritual side and then on the physical side I'd make an appointment uh, if if I could I'd want to find a Christian doctor I don't think it has to be a Christian doctor but it would be really cool if it was uh, because not only could they speak to you from the expertise that they've been trained in but they can also uh, completely relate with your desire to live a life without guilt, you know, to live a life that has a clean conscience before God. And I can, I can share a story in my own life, Duffy, because when I first moved to Colorado, the, alt, the altitude was really messing with my head. And, and I didn't know what the deal was. I, I had a headache uh, in the first couple of years that I moved here that it wouldn't go away. It just never went away. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm one of those guys, I just kept putting it off, putting it off. And, and I finally went to the doctor. They did all the tests. There was, they didn't find anything uh, that was significant, you know, like a tumor or anything. And, and so the doctor I was seeing, just she, she prescribed me a drug. And she said, take this. It'll take the headache away. Uh, so I took that. After two weeks, it didn't take the headache away. I came back. She prescribed another one. She said, take this for two weeks. And I did that. That didn't take it away. She finally prescribed something that, man, it did take the headache away. But it made me completely loopy, unable to concentrate. You know the side effects, some of the side, you know, side effects like you mentioned, and mm-hmm. and I just resolved uh, in my own life. Like I, I said, I, I went back for a final, and I said I can't do this. You know, and she says, "Well, that's about all I have to give you," and then, and that kind of conversation, and and I stopped taking it because in my mind, 
I, I need a clear mind. I need a, you know, the Bible says to be sober-minded, and I needed a sober mind. And, and so I stopped taking it, and the Lord eventually healed me. I haven't had that kind of headache. I still have headaches now, but not like that, and not that's requiring medicine. And so between the prayer and some good advice from your doctor, I think that there, because I, I know that if marijuana, you know, if there's some property in the smoking a joint that's able to touch the pain point in your life, I'm certain that if you talk to a doctor, there's an alternative. That right. you wouldn't be smoking pot all the time. Right. And I would start there and see what road they, you know, the what road the doctor might lead you on as you share the the full scope of what you're really wanting to accomplish. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father, I pray for Duffy and, and many other people listening in in this moral medical dilemma and and just wanting to not be with pain. And even with Duffy, God, not wanting to take this particular medic- medicine, but also needing uh, and wanting symptoms of his condition to be relieved. And so I just pray for him, God. I pray you touch him. Um, I pray, God, you'd heal and you, you would give him wisdom. God, I pray that you would strengthen him and help him. Uh, and and I pray when he and I ask you God that when he goes to the to the doctor uh, that there would be wisdom in that doctor and uh, even I, I love how sometimes God you hook us up with doctors that have already dealt with something like this and like they're experts and they're just like yes I know exactly what you need and and have compassion and and that moral compass to help my brother Lord in Jesus name Amen Amen. All right, Thank bro, call so back. Much. Let us know how it goes. Okay, will do. All right, bye-bye. All right, let's go over to Ama in Highlands Ranch. Ama, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Um, God bless you all. Um, yesterday I was listening to the program about the guy that says the daddy has dementia and not... Uh, it's not a Christian, and you wanted them to be a Christian. Yes. I've been in, um, I've been taking care of dementia and Alzheimer's patients and um, hospice. And what I did is just to be with them and just pray, pray, yes. pray, 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 and like the other person said, and pray, and then God will do the rest. You never know what the power of prayer will be. I agree. So um, I've been with this business for so long, and um, by God's grace, I've been able to pray for people, and they've been able to accept Christ before they pass. So if you are giving that, yeah, if you are giving that position, just. Be what Christ wants you to be. Like one one person that sticks to me is um, Barbara. She she was um, having been to church before, and they asked me to take care of her. But it's only Sundays, and now I was pleading with my boss to I need to go to church. But she wouldn't put me there. So then I do Sundays and Sundays and Sundays, and I ended up 
with her because people will not be with her. She's very difficult. So I ended up just be there for several days, several weeks. And what she likes is like um, doing cooking from the scratch. So what I did was I was cooking and I was praying and they would not let me go out because nobody wants to be there. So I was there for some time, and she liked to watch, uh, listen to Rush Limbaugh. And so I asked her if I can put Christian TV on. She said yes. So I put the Christian TV on, and I was praying, and I'm cooking for her, and we are laughing and conversing. And one day I was making her... um, breakfast and Joyce Meyer was on there so she said I want to take Jesus as my Lord and Savior <laughs> I was I was blown <laughs> away I said what I stopped cooking and I, uh, we said a sinner prayer and everything oh, and wow. two weeks later <clears throat> she passed yes so you, so you have to be patient and just be there for them, anything they say, just ignore them and just be a Christian and just pray, 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 pray. And Amen. Since that time, since that time, God has been able to help me with people like that for so many people to accept Christ. Accept Christ. Well, so I think that Prayer is the best thing to go. People that are taking care of sick people and elderly and stuff like that. Just pray, 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 and God will do the rest. You never know. Some of them cannot talk. One person like this, as I've been praying just quietly, you see that he will make a sign of prayer, put the two hands together, and you know that he is also praying. So I know that when you pray, God will do the rest. Well, thank you, Amma, so much for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. And I'm grateful that Amma uh, brought this up again because we had the call and then he dropped off and we never got it. Uh, the general question and, and the hope of our brother uh, about his parents that are uh, going into dementia and Alzheimer's is, you know, he's concerned. He was concerned about... Uh, whether they'll get saved or not, and and they're in a place where they aren't able to exhibit in their bodies communicating or understanding uh, because of the the progress of the disease. And I I know this is something that I learned personally. I would give this advice anyway, but I learned it personally, and that that is when when our son uh, was in a coma in the hospital, um, we we didn't change the way that we treated him. Uh, He was fully alive, uh, and he is fully human, and his ears were working. It's you know it, it everything about him. Uh, and we get these stories. Um, I was just reading. I have a book that I that I'm going to read about this guy that was in a coma for years, and everybody thought he couldn't hear, and he absolutely could hear. He could understand everything that was going on. And and we want to treat people for the humans that they are. You know, I think it's the same thing with disabilities or with autism, or you know we. We, we don't treat people, uh, we, uh, in Jesus Christ, we shouldn't treat people different because they look different, sound different, have some challenges. 
um, de- develop differently, um, have a hard time communicating. I mean, the Bible's the Bible's clear on that. The Holy Spirit, we can pray for the Holy Spirit to give us eyes to see the way Jesus sees, and He doesn't see. Um, and it's hard with dementia, and I, I, I get it. I'm not minimizing that at all um, because of the inability to remember or the inability to communicate. But, but I do know that God can supernaturally give you a genuine love for a patient that's going through something and be able to treat them just as if they didn't have the disease and love on them, t- talk to them, pray with them, pray for them. As Amma said, I thought that's such great insight and that the Lord would just encourage us as believers to not be so quickly stumbled by the difficulties in people's lives, but rather to speak to the person, to love the person, to have hope for the person, uh, and, and, and just leave it with God, because we know that God will judge fairly. And that's something I trust. I trust in the fairness and the justice of God. 303-690-3000. Jennifer's calling from Greeley, Colorado. Jennifer, uh, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you uh, for taking my call. And um, You're so I have a question and a prayer request. Um, and uh, my question is: um, Does is it wrong for me to go before God in prayer um, if and ask for Him to stir desires in my heart for um, the the desire to read the Bible and the desire to pray to him um, because I've never, I was saved. I didn't get any direction on, you know, anything. So I basically assumed half of my life that all I had to do is pray a sinner's prayer and I was saved. And so I'm, is it wrong for me to go before him and, say those things because I feel like what I've um, recently learned is that my heart is so hard yeah. again, you know, towards God and things like that. So I feel like I'm wrong to go for, you know, to pray when I do and say those things. So the answer is, is no, it's, it's not wrong. It's, it's not wrong to share with God the desires of your heart, to talk to Him uh, like you would in any relationship. Um, it's not wrong to come to Him and ask Him to give you your daily bread. It's not wrong to come to Him and ask you to, to ask Him not to lead you into temptation and to deliver you from the evil one. And, and so I say that the more that you communicate, the more that you can communicate, uh, with God, the more that you can talk with God, the more that you can share your heart with God, um, is the better. And it doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to, you know, like you're driving down I twenty five, or you don't you don't have to have, you don't have to close your eyes and bow your head and fold your hands. That doesn't work while you're driving. Uh, you can mm-hmm. just turn the radio off and begin to talk to God in your car. You can talk to God like we like we pray over the radio. Um, it, it should be a very regular. Uh, act of communication with God. Have let, let me ask you this, Jennifer. Have you ever been through a discipleship class or a, um, a discipleship booklet that helps you get grounded in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Could I send you something? Yeah, that would be fine. Um, if you send me something, I would really like that, actually. There's some great insight on who Jesus is, who God is, what prayer is, 
what the Bible has to say, and it'll take you through it. You know, you could do it, if you want to do it at the bare minimum, it's about 10 minutes a day, but you could do three or four pages a day if you'd like, you know, however fast you want to go. So do me a favor and email me at pastored at calvaryaurora.org. Okay. And just put a little note in there, because I get a lot of email, just put a little note that says, uh, on the radio today, you mentioned the discipleship packet, and I'll send you a link where you can download it and print it out. Okay. I will do that. Um, okay. So, okay. What's next? What, what, what else can I do for okay. you? Okay. <laughs> if you could just pray um, that God would stir those desires, because um, even... Like, I'll open, because I know these are the things that I have to do. Like, I have to read my Bible um, if I want to learn about God and have a relationship with them. And there's days that I'll open it, and I don't feel like it, and I feel bad, but I just want the desire. Yes. Well, you know, when you, just think of it, when you call, uh, when you call the show, you're responding to the desire because you wanted to call and you wanted to grow in God's grace. So you definitely have the desire. You just, it's just maybe you beat yourself up too much and thinking you don't have enough. Okay. Do you have a tendency to beat yourself up over things and feel guilty? Um, when I'm doing things wrong, yes. When I'm walking, <laughs> well, you should wrong. feel guilty when you're doing things wrong. Um, but just in general, do you are you kind of the person that says, "Oh, I." I, I don't I don't ever do enough for God. Yes. And and so there's a there's a need for in your life to understand that God has done everything for you and he loves you. There's a Bible word for that. It's called grace. That mm. that he is the one that works on your behalf. That he he loves you and you're and the more you understand his love, the more you'll respond. The, the Bible says it's the love of God that leads to repentance. And so, you know, you know he's not ready to pounce you and, and crush you because of your failures. He's instead wanting you to, he, he wants you to grow more than you want to grow. And, and all it is is responding in cooperation and surrender. And, and I'm, I'm, we're coming up on the break, but I'll leave you this thought, and then you can email me, okay? Okay. Um, I want to leave you this thought. If there's anything in your life that you know has to go like it's just it's you know i'll say things like if you're you got alcohol in the house you've been still doing drugs you know if you're you know that not i don't know what what it is i'm just giving you examples like things that you just know are wrong and need to go take care of it do that first okay like right when you hang up take care of it say okay i'm not going to hold on to that anymore i'm not going to you know if it's a um, and 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 it's not going to be anything like supernaturally. Um, heaven's going to open, but it's going. What you're doing is you're taking steps of what the Bible calls obedience in response to the love of God, and He and God honors those things. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay, email me. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're coming up right here on the, um, so quickly, on the end of the first half of the program, I'm I'm surprised how fast it really goes. So we have a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number, and text me, 720-336-0897, and 
I've got a text question here, but I'm not going to take it before the break because we don't have time. But it is an interesting one. Uh, and so I've got a couple of text questions that I'll take before we get, uh, when we come back to the second half of the program. My name is Ed Taylor. You want more information on our church, uh, it's calvaryaurora.org, or my website is edtaylor.org. Um, I post some things there from time to time. haven't been posting in a while, but uh, I'll get back to it as the Lord gives me strength and gives me something to write. So God bless you. We'll be back just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of our program today. So glad that you chose to join us. Uh, And this is Calvary Live. You're listening live if you're listening on the Grace FM radio network or online Uh, And if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, uh, this is a delayed broadcast so that we are broadcasting live, but you're hearing it a week later. Uh, It is uh, the way, the arrangement that we have, and and it's the the most cost-effective way to do it. And you listening to it, it's like live. So if you call while the show is on, you're going to get on live. And the cool thing is for you guys on Truth and uh, FM and Hope FM is that you get to hear your answer if you listen next week. <laughs> uh, you get to hear yourself on the radio, which is kind of weird. Uh, it's always hard for me to to hear my own voice and to see watch a video of uh, with me. I'm sure you guys like. I'm sure it's the same for you. Remember in the old uh, when we started having uh, answering machines? Now it's a voicemail on our phones when you have to record your voice. It's like, oh, I don't like hearing that. But at any rate. Uh, you can call. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Hey, Pastor, I wanted to know what and where the Bible says about the man of the house being a biblical leader for the family. Uh, I mean, that's a great question uh, because the the Bible is clear that the head of the home is Christ. Uh, and uh, the, the head of the home is Christ, but the, the, the head of the man is is Christ, and the head of the home is man, uh, is the husband, and so uh, the the important role of of the man in the home is is just so vital, um, and so important that that we are are to submit to the order uh, that God has given. And I see in your text, you say you want so much for your husband. Um, it, to to be that leader, um, to be that person, and and it's a very difficult scenario uh, when it's not happening. Um, you know there there is um, an equality of the husband and the wife in the home. So because the man is the head or the responsible one, doesn't mean that he's better. Uh, the Bible speaks of mutual submission in the book of he- Ephesians, um, but. There is that need for a man to love his wife and to lead him. Um, there's a need, and according to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, that men are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. 
men are to reflect the leadership role of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the, the reality, that's in, and you were looking for some scriptures, um, that is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. And uh, I want to, um, I want to say it's in 1 Corinthians, where, yeah, I think it's 1 Corinthians. Um, he says in verse 3 of chapter 11, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And the the, the, the instruction here, again, is not speaking of value, as if the man is more important than the woman. That's not true. We're both human, and there's a technical word for that. Uh, If you want to write it down, you can have it, you can use it sometime with someone. But that men and women are ontologically equal in their value and their essence and their nature, ontologically, O-N-T-O-L-G-I-C-A-L-L-Y, I think, ontologically. However, there are roles and responsibilities within the church, and God has given that, and the order of the home is the husband and the wife. And yet, that's not to lord over them, it's not to, to take advantage, it's not to hurt, not to harm, uh, not to um, use the position in a way that is, is hurtful, um, but rather, but rather to serve and to love as Jesus Christ did. All right, let's see. Let's go. We'll go back and forth. We'll go to the phone lines. Uh, Susie has been waiting in Brighton, Colorado. Susie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Um, I really welcome. enjoy your program. I listen to it every day as I'm driving home, and oh. it really touched my heart when I heard um, both of the individuals talking about dementia. And I would just like to give a word of encouragement. Um, my mother passed away with dementia just this past year, mm-hmm. and, you know, I saw a lot of changes in this very intelligent woman who was a college professor. Yes. And in her last days, um, I, I called her pastor, and I asked her pastor, hey, can you come over and pray with Mom? It's time. You know, she needs to know it's okay to go home to be with the Lord. And so her pastor comes over, and he holds her hands, and he prays for her, and he tells her these exact words, Harriet, um, this is what you've been waiting for all your life. Um, you know that God has promised us a home, so can you see it? Can you see the streets of gold? <laughs> Tell me, Harriet, um, do you see the streets of gold? Um, are people dancing in front of Jesus? Are they raising their hands and praying? Are they dancing? Tell me, Harriet, what are they doing? And... My mother hadn't spoken for three days, but she squeezed the pastor's head twice, and she said, yes. And then within just (laughs) a few hours later, she went home to be with the Lord. So I just want to give a word of encouragement to, you know, people, you know, as our parents get older and the dementia comes, that, you know what, they have they have that faith, and that's just something that they've been waiting for. And just because their minds are slowly, slowly going away, you know, God hasn't left them. And my mom, right. I know, that's and good. I knew before then, but I know with a shadow of a doubt that my mom, I don't know whether she saw him dancing, I don't know whether she saw the streets of gold, but her first spoken word in, in three or four days was yes. And so I just want to give that encouragement to anyone. And Pastor Ed, thanks for everything that you do and all the um, the answers that you give and all the prayers you give because it's such a blessed ministry. Oh, you're welcome. And I, I'm gonna. I'm, hopefully, I'm gonna remember that phrase. I really like how you put it. Uh, that you said 
uh, even though her mind is fading or going away, God is still with her. That's a really good reminder well, um, for people is, to hear. So, you know, even when, you know, as even with your son, you know, they can hear, uh, they yes. know things. <clears throat> even my mom, when she was in the midst of her sundowners and she didn't know and she was lost, I would remind her about the Lord. I She goes, oh, that's right. And it would bring her back to clarity for a little while. Um, in her last couple of days, I just took my tablet in there and played hymns because I figure if yep. she's going to be praising the Lord for eternity, she might as well leave this earth praising the Lord. So, yep, she better learn yeah, the songs. I, <laughs> <laughs> amen, Pastor. I just think that, you know, we, we worry about our parents, and we don't need to worry about them because they're in God's hand, and He's mm-hmm. going to take them home when He's ready, but He's going to take care of them until He's yeah. ready to bring them home. Yes. And it's a well, lesson for so us much. as we watch that. So thank you, Pastor. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. 303 So encouraging. Um, so encouraging. You know, the, the, the reality of the presence of God. He's promised to never leave or forsake us. And even though we're dealing with the presentation of, of the difficult uh, uh, inability to communicate or the clarity of mind, like this precious woman a professor, a teacher, a, an instructor, a super smart person, but but their mind, ah, Lord, be with those that are caring for parents right now um, that are losing their faculties and losing their strength and just struggling, God, in Jesus' name. All right, well, do we have any calls here? Let me check my call screen. Uh, we still have wide open lines this Thursday afternoon, so give me a call, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Text me at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's get back to. Let's get back to the. Uh, texting, Pastor Ed. Great show for the woman that said it's difficult to read her Bible every day. She should gain good insights from uh, Oswald Chambers' devotional Upmost dot org. Uh, it's a devotional, um, Greg. Thank you for saying that. It's a devotional I read pretty much every day myself. Uh, utmost.org. It's U-T-M-O-S-T.org. Oswald Chambers. Uh, good stuff. Some are very, very challenging. Some are very, very encouraging and everything in between. Thank you, Greg. Um, how can you tell if someone is demon-possessed? Uh, well, that's a great question because it's, gonna pos- it's going to present itself in a, a lot of different ways. So there's, there's no one way uh, to prescribe that. But uh, there's probably going to be some... Uh, uh, demonic activity in a person's life, maybe a lot of blasphemy, maybe out-of-control behavior. Um, they're going to exhibit the flesh uh, as it talks in Galatians, uh, where they're going to live in the flesh. They're going to say things. Um, and this is not doesn't have to have everything, uh, but you know some characteristics of the devil. They're going to have characteristics of the demonic realm. They're going to have characteristics of being anti-Christ. They're going to have characteristics of being in the flesh, and, and even though they're not a believer, they're going to demonstrate those things that are base and that are are uh, human and anti-God. But that's a good one. Um, that's um, <clears throat> that's a good question because it, it varies in different ways. Um, so even if you suspect that, um, talk to them. Um, talk to the person if they're if and find out if they're a believer. You know, if you have the opportunity, talk to them. Um, and even though it's difficult. Uh, to relate to them, um, be able to 
be able to connect with them with the gospel. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to get on to uh, Gene in Centennial, Colorado. Gene, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Pastor Ed. Say, You're I was welcome. Just, uh, I was just uh, curious. I, I was talking to your uh, uh, phone representative, and I said that, you know, at my late 50s, 30-plus year veteran of marriage now, I'm no stranger to marital counseling, individual counseling, most all of it Christian counseling, once I figured that out. Um, and a lot of times in group therapy or individual therapy, when uh, the leader would hear the line, from somebody or me, um, I don't know if I can ever forgive myself for that. Invariably, the comeback was, hey, who are you to not forgive yourself if Jesus has taken on all your sin and already forgiven you? You know, you got to let that go. But it, it don't, and I've used that advice a lot on others um, to not be so hard on themselves and, and to forgive themselves. But it dawned on me um, a, a week or two ago, when I said that to somebody, they wait a minute, I don't remember in the Bible Jesus ever having to forgive himself, because he never sinned, he never wronged anybody. He knows what all sin is like, but he Correct. never wronged anyone. So I don't... Yes. You're right. That, so that what's, would your, be a... what's your take? Is there... I, if he never had to forgive himself... Um, well, well, let's talk. Uh, the answer to to the answer to the question about Jesus not forgiving himself that that's very true. Um, he didn't have to, and he didn't. So that's it. That we set that aside. But let's come back to the phrase that we hear today when someone speaks of forgiving themselves. Now, we, we have to be patient with people uh, when they're using language. You know, for example, if we're we're we're, we're talking to somebody at work and. And, and they say, I just can't forgive myself. As believers, we don't need to quickly jump on that and correct them and correct their thinking. Um, I, we, we need, even if a believer says that, we don't need to be quick to change their thinking or change their theology. We should meet them where they're at and what they're saying. Um, you know, and that, 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 that thought of not forgiving ourselves would be equated to things in the Bible like condemnation, guilt, uh, not receiving and accepting by faith the forgiveness of God. Um, we might equate it to beating ourselves up. Um, and it's, it, quite frankly, it, Gene, it's idolatrous for us not to accept the forgiveness of God after all that he's done. But let's, let's, give, e let's, let's give each other some slack for our, in our humanity, usually someone that's in a position where they might use the phrase they can't forgive themselves are in a position of great failure and great pain. Right. And they're stuck in they're stuck in a pit and they've done something so bad or they've thought something so bad or that that they are like, I don't even think God can forgive me and I can't even forgive myself. And and so so when I use the phrase, I don't use it like it's heard in the world. But I do use it because I know it connects with people, and, and I want to give a biblical definition of, to what I mean, and that is the response, to, the response to forgiveness is to receive and accept what God says about your sins. 
And what God says about your sin and mine is that the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed some 2,000 years ago is sufficient to forgive you and me of all of our sins. And because God can forgive us and will forgive us, we then accept that and live life in his forgiveness. Um, Also, because we're not dealing with somebody in particular, Gene, I've also found that this phrase is often used by someone who uses it as an excuse to not move forward. It's just easier for them to stay stuck and to stay in that place of self-pity and desire people to feel sorry for them uh, instead of saying, no, God has forgiven me. I need to get up and make things right, and I need to... I need to, to respond to God's love by faith. And, and you know, it's a very careful, um, uh, it's a very careful thing that, that we have to be, we, we have to be, we have to be very careful with people that are going through this because they're, they're living under what the Bible says, condemnation. I actually taught a Bible study on this, if you want to listen to it. Um, yeah. In Romans chapter 8, in, verses, in verse 1, I taught two Bible studies on this idea of condemnation, and even I did a little bit, not a lot, but I did use one of my points about forgiving yourself. I use that okay. phrase because it's it connects yeah, with people. Yeah, you're right. Uh, largely, this is self-condemnation. And the people I'm talking about, I've heard that uh, <clears throat> as well, of people who just use it as an excuse. But I'm talking about the former of folks who are just wallowing in a pit of self-condemnation and and guilt and don't know how to how to move past it uh, because they've and, and, wronged somebody so badly or or done such things, whatever they may be. Well, and I'll give one more one more barrier just for those that are listening because this is such a great question and I think so relevant to a lot of people listening and 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 I I, I, I try to warn ahead of time as a pastor, even my own life, you know, because I find that when I when I willfully sin or I hurt someone, uh, God is quick to forgive me when I repent. He is. Uh, he is and he, di- he does. He, he appropriates, he says, uh, he, he, he appropriates the f- blood of Jesus Christ as I accept his forgiveness once again. He says, if I confess my sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So God is quick to forgive, but people are not so quick. Right. And, right, and but that's, that's a an, great spin to put on it and to remember, and you don't normally think that rationally in times like this, how quick he is to forgive, but that's a great reminder for someone going through that. If you've you know, if you sinned against so-and-so, and you've asked for forgiveness, and you've tried to work it out, and they don't forgive you, then that is a trigger in this spiritual battle by the enemy to say, see, you're a loser. They won't forgive you. And they, you know, people use that in families and, you know, they, they oh, use that as right. manipulation. And, and so you, you're in these bro, because I think most of us, uh, most people really do hope all things like love hopes all things. And you hope that if I made a mistake, we'll make it right. I hope that there'd be forgiveness. I'd hope that God could work in this, but when he doesn't, then you're then you've got all these lies and and you're just believing the lie that I'm worthless and I should have never done it and you know and and it's just a it's such a battle in the mind that it becomes a battle of faith do I right and I can God? never get out from under it and it's gonna haunt me for the rest of my life right 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 yes all right well Great. good stuff I will take Thanks, a look man. for your Bible study 
and thank you for the for the guidance. God bless you, my brother. God bless Bye. you too, Pastor Ed Pinell. Thank you. Bye bye. I just got a text that says, "Please pray for all the ones with mental illness, in fear, OCD, and uncontrolled thoughts." And Father, I do resonate with this prayer request, and my heart is for the mental ill, uh, those that are cowering in fear right now or unable to control their thoughts. God, your word says that the the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and that when we repent of our sins and submit our lives to you, you indwell us by the very person and presence of your Holy Spirit. And so I just lift up to you to the, today, in this moment, to those listening in, whatever time this is airing, whatever time the podcast is being listened to, that are dealing with a, a broken mind, um, whether it be mental illness or, or fear or this OCD uh, and uncontrolled thoughts. God, I, I pray for them. I, I know I'm, it's a broad prayer, God, but I know that you can take broad prayers and individualize them. And for that, I'm grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000. Here's a good question. Hey, my grandson Jacob is eight years old and is wondering, when we go to heaven, do we get to pick what age we want to be when we're up there? I was just talking to a friend of mine like about this, uh, um, Pastor David Guzik. Uh, He was out here visiting and doing a part of a conference that we put on on the Expositors Collective, which, by the way, we've been been, um, putting out on the air for some time now, and you guys that prayed for us and even participated, thank you. It was very successful. Um, but was talking with Pastor David, and and he, he he this is not a super theological answer, but he said, I had a friend once that said that the optimal age of heaven will be 10, because that was one of the funnest times in life, and heaven's going to be really fun. Uh, and so we don't know the answer. Tell Jacob the Bible doesn't say we're not going to find that out until we're in the presence of Jesus, but we don't know. Sorry, Jacob, but that's a great question. Keep asking, please keep asking them. Um, what an honor to serve someone's grandson. <laughs> what a blessing. God is so good and so gracious, even in the midst of very difficult times. 303-690-3000 is the number. Ah, oh, let's see. Uh, it looks like line two is Liz calling from Denver. Liz, welcome to the program. Hey, Liz. All right. Liz says to pray for Tony Evans because he lost his niece. And Tony Evans is a pastor that teaches the Bible. I think he's in Texas. He's on the other station here in town uh, with his Bible studies. Uh, and, And so let's just do that. God, I pray for the Evans family right now as they've lost a niece. And these relationships that we have are so important and so vital. And death is just painful and difficult. And I pray for for Tony and as he leads his family, uh, that you would um, bring comfort. You're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And I pray for Tony and his family. And if his niece was married or children, all of that, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to line three is Lily. She's calling from Aurora, Colorado. Lily, welcome to the program. Hey, Lily, you are on the air. All right, we don't have Lily. Let's go back to our text line and see what we have. Um, When God says that you and yours will fall under his grace, 
Does that mean like your husband and kids, even if they aren't saved? And does that include parents? Um, well, the Bible doesn't say what you typed, just so you know. The Bible doesn't say that everyone's fallen under grace in your home. There is a passage of scripture that talks about the believing wife sanctifying the unbelieving wife, but it's not a statement of salvation. Everybody is saved individually and personally. So there's no one uh, that is in a relationship with God because of someone else. Everyone is in a re- everyone that is in a relationship with God is in a relationship with God because they have repented of their sins, confessed with their mouth that believe that they believe in their heart. So, uh, if you have a particular passage that you want me to look up, but there's no there's no scripture that says you and yours will fall under grace. The Bible doesn't say that. Uh, but uh, let me just give you the reference. Um, it's I think it's believing wife is sanctified. It's um, nope, that's a different one. Wife sanctified. Sorry, I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, it's First Corinthians seven fourteen, but that's not a statement of salvation. That's a statement of benefit. Uh, that home is set apart by a godly wife or a godly believer. That home enjoys the benefits of having a believer in it. Uh, that home, for example, like it would be the same thing if we said uh, where our church is, Hampton and Biscay, the corner there. That corner piece of dirt is sanctified um, by the building and by the church that shows up there every day. It, it's not it, it's not saved. It is used for a special purpose. All right, three o three six nine zero three thousand. If there's a if there's a passage of scripture you want me to look up, I can speak to the specific passage. Um, from Dustin, when do you say the final trump will sound? Um, and then the rest of it didn't really print out very well. I don't know when the final trump would sound, but I do believe it's going to happen very quickly. I do believe in the word Maranatha, even so, Lord, come quickly, but I don't know. If my heart is wicked, like it says in Jeremiah, how do I know if I really believe in my heart? That's a great question, um, because we have positional and we have practical, right? So the Bible says in the New Covenant that we are new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And one evidence that you have believed in your heart is that you're born again, that you desire the things of God, that you live a life of obedience, that you enjoy the things of God, that you have a hunger for the Word of God, that you love singing. That's an evidence that your heart has been changed. But when we go back to look at Jeremiah, we still have what, what Jeremiah refers to as our heart, the New Testament would refer to as our flesh. And so our heart, you know, we're using it metaphorically as well, because it's not speaking of the muscle in your chest, it's speaking to the essence of who you are and how you think. And in your flesh, your thoughts are anti-God, and we have a lot of them. And, and so we, we can have, you know, like the world today says, Um, Just believe your heart. Believe your heart. No, don't believe your heart. Believe what God's word says. It trumps your heart. It It overcomes. Even though you're a new creation in Christ, you still have a battle with your flesh until you're delivered from this body of death. And so uh, if, if your heart is wicked, it has a wicked propensity, 
then how can you n really know if you believe? Because you've confessed with your mouth your belief and there's evidence of that belief. That is a good question uh, because it really does invoke the necessity of understanding the grace of God in the new covenant. Uh, the new covenant is all of God's work uh, and not man's work. And even in the battle, the strength comes from the Lord. Well, we've come to the end of the program today. I'm so grateful uh, that you have been here uh, with us. I mean, you haven't been here physically, but you've been here uh, spiritually through the radio. God bless you guys in Tennessee, in North Carolina, in Kentucky. We love you guys. We'd love to have you guys call. So if you would, please call us. And hello to my, all of our friends in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania and Maryland. We appreciate you and so grateful to be a small part of your life, uh, to, to serve you, um, to, be a, to be in your car, to be in your kitchen. Uh, God's doing such a great work. I've been getting more and more friends on the East Coast, pastor friends, and I'm just so grateful for them. Uh, so grateful that I love the work that God is doing on the East Coast. I love the new churches. Um, it's not on these stations, but Bridge FM, another friend of mine up in Old Bridge, New Jersey, um, they're broadcasting all throughout Manhattan. So I've met a lot of people in Brooklyn uh, that our teaching here at Abounding Grace has resonated with. So God bless you guys. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of your life. Pray for me, would you? Thank you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.